You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, so this week we have My Father's Cigars, and we are doing the La Promessa Robusto Grande. (laughs) This is going to sport an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and filler. Blended by a guy... Some people might recognize that are fans of cigar by uh, uh, Jamie Garcia. Mm. Yes, this is uh, yeah. Translate to the promise, which refers to Jose Pepin Garcia's promise to his family before leaving Cupid, Cupid, Cuba. <laughs> he would. Prove I mean, it's almost Valentine's Day, dude. I would have given himself you a pass. Uh, something in the cigar world, which of course he has, because you know my father's probably one of the more famous brands out there, and yeah. Spoiler alert, uh, we're going to be talking about bad boys for life, and there's some father drama in that, so we thought, you know, hey, a My Father cigar would uh, <laughs> pair well with this uh, <laughs> this cinematic feast. I don't know. I always felt like Martin Lawrence was kind of, you know, the, the father figure to uh, Will Smith, you know? I mean, that, that was kind of the dynamic. You had the... Young, you know, rambunctious um, action star, and it's like, nah, dude, we need to tone down. We need to do this by the book. We're, we're, what are we doing? Oh, oh hell, we bad boys. Okay, well, we gonna bad, bad boy boys, it up. Bad yeah. boys, what you gonna do, Chikarangji? <laughs> as as we know from watching the movie, the lyrics are very hard to learn. Oh, well, I mean, dude, I can remember watching Cops, you know, growing up as a kid. It. Like, that's just one part of the song you just didn't get. You just kind of mumbled in rhythm and, and hoped for the best. I mean, you know, that that probably paved the grounds for modern-day mumble rap. Yeah, because from now looking up, we know that is, what you going to do when Sheriff John Brown come for you? <laughs> but, yeah, it took me years for I to understand what the hell that guy was saying at that point in the song. I mean, what makes it so difficult? Is it the accent, or is it the rhythm that it's stated? Like, I just think it's like one of those like he tries to say it like Cornholio. It's just like trying to it's like trying to spit the entire sentence out in like three words. I don't think he tries. I think he legitimately does it. <laughs> I just don't think we are capable of hearing it and replicating. Yeah, it's like you know sometimes it's you know doing accents from other countries hard because you just don't have the like the muscle vernacular. memory yeah. that in your you know your mouth to to make it sound correct. <laughs> our our uh, generic southern mouths just can't form those uh, those type of uh, sounds. Oh, well. We're, but... we're too redneck to sound Rastafarian. Hey, get better. <laughs> or start smoking that yeah. ganja. I don't Shout know. out to you know, Inner Circle, which was the band that recorded that originally. <laughs> so, anyway, if you're going to go down to Miami and fight uh, drug cartels, you should call on the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. Comes in tiny little 10 pouches, easy to smuggle. You can stick some in your butthole. Whatever. However you choose to smuggle, you know, that's what you can do. <laughs> no struggle, just smuggle. <laughs> struggle, snuggle, what? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I was just going to say, like, it, you know, 
I don't know. Never hurts to uh, you know, pack a few of your friends uh in some ammo cases. You know, <laughs> serves as a friendly reminder to, you know, call that ammo team for some backup. Yeah, I mean in, back in the day you could get like the whatever the the actual ammo can of uh strike force. I don't think they do that anymore, but you know, back in the day you could order a, a whole ammo can full. I mean you can still buy a bunch of it and store it in your own ammo can. Yes. So yes, with I can. that we're I don't even to... think we talked about the cigar, did we? Well, we said what it was. It's a Ecuadorian Habano Rosado. I know we Escuro. said what it was. How do you like it so far? Come on. People listen to the podcast not to hear us ramble about a movie they may or may not have seen. They listen <laughs> to us for this five-minute segment to be like, hmm, maybe I'll try that, and then I'm going to tune out. i got to say, it's been a while since I've had a My Father cigar. It's uh, They kind of t- tend to be like a little bit pricier some of them anyway i mean this was like a ten dollar stick so it's not that bad but and they're kind of milder than what i normally smoke but they have always have like a, a real good flavor that you know what i think it's made hard. it into my like edc of cigars i i feel like they are probably one of the most consistent brands that no matter if i go the seven dollar my father route or like the thirteen, fourteen dollar my father out. I always have a pleasant experience, and you know they may not necessarily be the powerhouse of a cigar, but I always have an enjoyable experience with the my father cigar. Yeah, they always have like really great construction and just the, I mean the mouthfeel of it too. It's very like you know, like a smooth cigar. It's it's you know, not ribbed. Yeah, for you know, her his, some whatever's pleasure. <laughs> Uh, and that's probably why we can't actually do a cigar review blog. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a very veiny cigar. <laughs> Girthy. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Dear yeah. God, I can almost see Gurkha like, coming up with this like veiny-ass cigar and calling it. Like... <laughs> or some of the Amazon basins. They start, you know, they keep wrapping them in those little tobacco uh, dreads and, like, make a veiny one that way. <laughs> Oh, we've gone down a rabbit hole. So, yeah, let's go. Let's uh, get to the main segment <laughs> before it gets any worse. you gonna do <laughs> i mean that should probably just be you know played on repeat for the duration of the hour i mean that that should give people the the premise and i gotta say we we did a a bad boys episode previously and back about, in our infancy a yeah, podcast talked about even. uh the first two movies and like those are still to this day probably some of my favorite movies and like if they're on or hell i think i still have them on video i'll pull them out every once in a while and and 
have a bad boy. Well, I night. mean the the humor, the banter, just the you know the the buddy cop, like you know people that have close friends. Like I don't know, like. I watch this and I'm like, dude, it's the white version of us. I mean, because that's all we do. We we sit there and talk mad shit to each other, and people around us, you know, they're like, God damn, do these guys hate each other? And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. You're not part of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, we spoke previously. We were talking about Lethal Weapon. That kind of created the buddy cop genre for the '80s, and I feel like the first Bad Boys in came out what '95 did what Lethal Weapon did for the 80s for the 90s. I mean, I don't know how many action comedies, like, came out after this. And this was a time when, which I'm probably rehashing all the shit we talked about before, so we'll get into the new movie, you know, quickly, was Will Smith wasn't an action star. He was a rapper and a comedian from TV. Like, Martin Lawrence was actually the bigger name when this movie came out. And even Michael Bay was kind of not the Michael Bay we know today. And like I said, but he still like all his over the top just, explosions. Yeah. Just super huge after this movie. And it kind of really had a, a, like the things you see in action movies now that you say, Oh, that's cliches. This is where all that shit came from. I'm like the 360 Michael Bay, uh, camera move that everyone copies. Like this is where it began. <laughs> I mean, if you go back to watching Hot Fuzz, have you ever leaped through the air while firing, firing two guns at once? This is where that shit came from. <laughs> you want badges from your corner store? That's where this shit came from. I got badges, mother bitch. <laughs> 99 cents. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like... This is like a movie that we never thought would get made. Uh, first well, I one... mean, that was the thing. Is like The second film got shit on all over by critics, but fans received it quite well. And then when, you know, we started catching the trailers, you know, I was a little bit iffy because the trailers make this out to be very serious, a lot more, you know, technology. And like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are part of that, but it doesn't. And it almost looked like they were doing film. what the third Expendables movie did, where let's bring in a younger generation. Yes. You know, so like, you know, we, we got our, our original heroes, but they're kind of kind of take a backseat to the new guys. So, you know, going into So from this, the trailer, yeah, it was, it was very like, much like deceptive. Um, You know, I kind of went into it like not really, you know, I hadn't read anything about the film, didn't look up any reviews or anything else. So I kind of went into it just not knowing what I was going into outside of what I'd seen from the trailer. And I got to say... I was blown away and very much pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, when you texted me, like, uh, like, because you saw it, like, you know, the show before I went to see it, and said, "What do you think?" I was like, my short description, because I didn't want to get into it big, because we we're it's fucking midnight, and we were going to do that right now. I was like, it's different, but it's badass. It's it's definitely different than the previous incarnations, and we'll get into why I think why that is here in a second, but. Uh, I mean, I think before it still we get has anything, all the things that made those other movies great. And and before we get into anything spoilerish for people that are still you know tuned in and listening that may not have seen this film, if you are a fan of Bad Boys One and Two, absolutely recommend this. Um, yeah, there's enough of that original magic to be just as good, but then it, there's like a a new sauce on it to make it just a little bit different than yeah what so we previously it, it, had. I. I definitely encourage you and and don't be turned off if the trailer seems off-putting um 
this film is nothing like how the trailer was cut and depicted. And, <laughs> and I, half the times people cut in the trailers yes. are that's like it's a manu it's it's a company and that's all they do is make trailers. So sometimes what they put out there for the trailers doesn't necessarily depict what actually goes on in the film and and, and, and the film goes on for the better, absolutely, hands down. Um I don't know, I, I think I enjoyed this film as much or if not more than I did Bad Boys Two. Because, I mean, Bad Boys 1 was probably my favorite film when it came out. And then when Bad Boys 2 came out, me and Mike went to see it. And, like, I there was so much action and comedy in that second one that, like, I was tired. Like, after we left, it was like, I'm exhausted from the amount of, like, adrenaline and laughing I've done for the last, you know, I will say two hours. It was great sitting in the theater. Um, I would say that, you know, the auditorium was about half full. And, I mean... You know, it's one of the few movies where literally the entire theater is laughing. You know? Yeah, even because I went to like the late show and it was still pretty, yeah, you know, pretty full up. And like I said, it seemed like everybody was was getting the. I mean, it's it's the, the same m- jokes I was. It's the most fun I think I've had in a film in a long time. You yeah, know, it's... like just going solo and you know being able to sit down. You know, I mean, hell, if you and I go see a film, I mean, we can make fun of it, we can laugh amongst ourselves and that kind of shit. But um, you know, just. Being a part of a general audience, I mean, hell, it was a great fucking time. I mean, it's been the number one movie, like, the last two weekends. Made for $90 million. I mean, but what is it up against, though? Made 232 like, Well, it came out same weekend as Doolittle. And everybody thought that was going to be a big movie because Robert Downey Jr. And that thing's, like, done horrible. I think it's already out of theaters. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I... Fuck, I don't even remember. I mean, I, I, I know Robert Downey Jr. and everything else, but... I thought the original film like seemed like it was a comedy. It, you know, it was kind of lighthearted and and stuff. Um, I didn't get that vibe for this one. Like, it just didn't draw my attention. Yeah, like, I'd probably rather go see Jumanji. Which hell, that's still in theaters. I haven't seen that yet. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. So from uh, I guess so, here on out, spoiler warning. Yeah. So yeah. first one came out ninety five. Second came out two thousand three. So it's been seventeen years since we got a bad boy movie. In an age of somebody sequelizing shit every two, three years, that's kind of kind of rare. So this is like a movie we never thought would get made. And even Michael Bay in interviews, when people ask him about Bad Boys 3, he's like, well, I want to do it, but the two biggest obstacles to this movie getting made is a budget because, you know, now me and Will Smith are probably two of the highest paid guys, and it's just kind of expensive to, to get us both involved. So they kind of went, like, you can make a Bad Boys movie without Michael Bay, but you can't make it without Will Smith, so... Michael Bay did not return for this one. Uh, it's directed by uh, Adil and Bilali, who are, I think, a Belgian uh, directors. I've I looked at their kind of I IMDb page, and I'm not not familiar with any of the films that they've made. Uh, and see, that was the thing. Like when I didn't see Michael Bay's name, I was like, "Huh, interesting." And 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 then you know, what it's still this... produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and everything else. But yeah, but I think you know. The producer, you know, it being Jerry, there are so many nods and throwbacks to that Michael Bay that the film doesn't take itself so seriously. Like, you know, um, we talked a little bit earlier, you know, before the recording, and it was great because one bullet, fucking car explodes. <laughs> one bullet, a fucking wooden table explodes. Like, there are so, <laughs> yeah. you know, many explosions and accidents. Yeah, it, it was one of those that, like, as I'm watching it, I knew something felt different because I had not, like I said, done any research on it before, so I wasn't aware that someone else had directed this until I went looked up afterward, but they tried to include so many Michael Bay signatures from the original films that 
it like almost looked like the 360 camera move with that stops on them together looking at something the low angle shot of the Miami sign the the gunfight with the I don't know if they did it with a drone or somehow they digitally moved the camera but the camera is like weaving in and out of this elaborate gunfight like we've seen in the previous movies where it's they kind of include enough of those signature Michael Bay moves that it still looked like Bad boys, <laughs> even yeah, though it I mean, wasn't him shooting this thing. It looked and felt, and uh, and Michael Bay even got a cameo. There's a uh, a wedding sequence, and Michael Bay is the the freaking wedding MC DJ whatever hosting the wedding. <laughs> so I saw him, I'm like, that motherfucker looks familiar. And then I'm like, oh shit, that's Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> that's why that's another reason I got surprised when I looked up. I'm like, oh, he didn't direct this movie, <laughs> but like, he still I, you know showed up to be a part of it. I mean, there there was so much that felt right about the film. And, you know, like, the action sequences were great. Um, the, the thing about it is, is the story is a lot more serious. Yeah, and, that's what and, surprised me, But too. at the same time, like, I don't feel like I'm watching a drama. But, yeah. you know, if I'm like, you know, other films could have taken this a whole different direction and given this, you know, not at all the bad boys feel. Now, someone could have gone very, like, gritty and dark with it, where it had the over-the-top, ridiculous action sequences. It had the hilarious comedic banter, but then splashed in between that. It's like some serious, like, heartfelt moments and where you're like, this could also be, like, dramatic, you know? And it, that's not something we've kind of seen in the yeah, previous Yeah, I mean, arc. you just expect them to, you know, go in, cause a bunch of mayhem, and at the end of the day, you know, despite all odds, come out on top, whereas, you know... Yeah, they, I mean, it's... The film, it, it's kind of evolved from its predecessors and not just given us the same things we've previously seen, which kind of, you know, kind of reinvents this, this you know, franchise, you know. Well, I mean, I I think it... It, gives, it kind of gives it more life, more depth than just your well, it gives crazy it, Michael Bay action, action film. It, <laughs> it gives it a way to continue on. Yeah. Because I don't think this is going to be the end of the Bad Boys franchise. And that's the other thing from all the trailers. You absolutely assume this is the final ride. They're like, all right, we're going to do one more and we're done. You know, they, you know, they, they say that throughout the trailer, you know, one more time, the last ride. But then by the end of the movie, like all parties are back and there's a teaser for, a next movie if they decide to go go forward with it. So it's like it's almost like you know the the It's the like ha teased you motherfuckers. You thought this was the end. No, this is the new beginning. <laughs> well, it's it's almost like the sports star that's like ah this is going to be my last run. They try a year or two of retirement and they're like fuck, I you know, I, I got to get back on my feet. I got to I got to do some stuff again. So yeah. hey, I'm I'm back out of retirement. Um, you know, and, and you do that 10 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, we're definitely going to get spoiler from here on out the the way this movie i mean starts with a car chase but and the end of the car chase turns out that they're going to martin lawrence's having his first grandbaby he's a grandpa now and i think it's hilarious not only do they have the original actors who played his wife the because it's been 17 years so the his kids have grown up now they're adults but reggie the, her daughter's first boyfriend that that will and, yeah. and martin like did their best to to scare off is there. He's he stuck around. He's like in the Marines now and they're having their first game. I thought that was like a hilarious touch that they brought him back from, uh, and he, even though he's a Marine, when he's talking to like freaking Marcus and Mike, he's still like 
uh, yes, sir, yes, sir, <laughs> that same, like, kind of timid kid he was the <laughs> the first time around, because he's like, he's these like, guys still scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, they're batshit crazy. I mean, yeah. fuck. Oh. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so much of that is, is what made the film great. Um, but then when, right after that, they're kind of having a staff party to celebrate, and Martin's like, dude, I got a grandbaby now. I'm thinking about retiring. And, and you know, Will's like, nah, bullshit. We're going to do this with the wheels fall off. And he's like, nah, you're getting old too, man. You've been dying your goatee. I, I beat you in a foot race. You know, when we were running, he's like, man, I let you go first. Did you? He's like, all right, fine. We're going to race. Whoever wins, you win, we retire. I win, we're doing this shit until the wheels fall off. And, of course, you know, uh, Mike wins, but then just gets shot the fuck out of nowhere. And you're like, Holy fuck! Like, that was well, the moment I mean, when you're like, "This, this is something different." Well, I mean, that was the thing is, I was like, "Holy shit!" Did we just see a Game of Thrones? Like, fuck! You just took yeah. this dude out within the first ten minutes of the movie. Like, holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, "Oh, I mean, that, that was like." The, and, and see that that almost made me think. I was like, shocker. "Fuck!" Maybe that's why the trailer, you know, was focused so much on this ammo division and not so much on them and i was like damn did they really just kill this fucker off like- yeah was this about to be the uh you know the uh i mean they've done that in some of the other movies where your 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 heroes are just there i mean help fucking star wars you know your heroes get killed off and no this is all about these new kids you're like all right is this gonna be just straight up ammo like you know re- is there gonna be a new pair it's of like bad we, boys you know we got to revenge you know the the death of mike lowry like yeah i mean and we, you know, do eventually lose a, a main character, but not two of the boys. But, I mean, yeah, that was the one where it's like, as they said in Bad Boys 2, shit just got real. Where you're like, oh, the rules have changed. Because, you know, and they even kind of joke about that. That, like, you know, Mike Lowry's like the bulletproof cop. Because through all the shit and gunfights and explosions they've been through, that motherfucker never gets more than, like, a scratch. Where... Martin's been shot in the leg, shot in the ass, like, hell, I think he got shot in the shoulder, like, fucking, but Will has, like, always been, like, fucking bulletproof. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at the most, he's gonna ruin his new suit. Uh, that's, like, the most problems he gets into, but somehow, you know, he's the one that gets, like, shot all to fuck with a, you know, homeboy on a P90 with a motorcycle, which, shout out to the P90, you don't see him using a lot of that in movies anymore, I mean, it's... Kind of a fan. It looks cool. <laughs> yes, it, it definitely. It, you know, in fact, I was uh, I was perusing Bud's gun shop. You know, and I was like, "There's a bunch of P90s on there." And I was like, "Damn, I kind of want one." Like I can remember back in the day of playing like Call of Duty, and it was always a game changer when you got a hold of the P90. Like that's when <laughs> Have, you actually uh, felt like you were doing work. Speaking of which, Martin, Lo- I'm not Martin, um, Will Smith, like knows his guns. Like, have you seen that video of the guy like? Uh, him taking the gun away from the guy. No, there's a video that got released on the internet where they, I guess they were picking out the, they were there with like the stunt coordinators or whatever. And there's a table of guns and they're kind of picking out the firearms they're going to use in the movie. And it's like Martin Lawrence, Will Smith and a couple of the other actors. And one of the guy goes and picks a gun up off this table and goes like, he's like picks up to look at it, but he's almost about to like flag Will and Martin and just like, He's, you know, Will's there having a conversation and just immediately, as soon as that gun's creeps arm, he just slaps the damn gun out of the dude's hand. Like, friggin', like, just um, the quickest, like, reaction time. And then looks at the camera, he's like, gun safety is important, folks, kids. You know? <laughs> but it's like, he's like, motherfucker. Even though they're like, you know, it's a table of 
Yeah, unloaded I mean, gun, a- your prop guns. It's like no, you treat all guns like they're loaded unless you've unloaded it yourself. Don't be sweeping motherfuckers. Yeah, like. <laughs> but, but yeah, the way he just like just like fucking out of note just slaps the damn gun out of the dude's hand was like I was like, all right, Will's like yeah, he's he knows his shit. <laughs> he respects the the, the four uh, safety rules. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't know, you know, pretty sweet, pretty sweet. I mean, it's not as badass as a uh, you know Keanu Reeves, you know training uh, montage but it was still pretty badass <laughs> and speaking of montages that scene where you know like i said he gets shot all to hell because spo- and that was one of the kind of weird things too the the bad guy of this movie uh isabella former cartel queen gets out of prison and her husband who was also apparently got Does shut she down get- does she get out, or does she have a little help from her friends? Oh, yeah, that too. That's another thing. <laughs> Not only was this movie more serious, a lot more graphic in spots. I mean, it starts with, like, her, like, you know, stabbing the shit out of a guard and, like, you know, in, like, a big pool of blood. And I'm like, the fuck, is this Bad Boys or, damn, you know, <laughs> a horror movie? <laughs> but, yeah, she gets busted out of uh, uh, prison by her son, and she's like, Everyone who took down the cartel has to die, but I blame Mike Lowry the most. He ha- he must die last. You know, he he needs to suffer first. And you know, but you know, the son thinks he's the biggest threat, so she shoots him first. But he doesn't die and spends six months recuperating while everyone else involved with this their first case dies. But the thing that threw me off because they're like all this like vengeance storyline. And they're showing pictures of the husband because you think it's like, you know, both of them got arrested, husband died in prison, she blames Mike. And I'm like, is this a guy from one of the previous movies? Because, but then, you know, because they don't really explain it until deep into the movie that this was like Mike's first mission before he ever teamed up with uh, Marcus. So, but I'm like, the whole, for a minute there, I'm like, is like her husband one of the guys from one of the previous movies? I'm like, none of these people look familiar. The names don't sound familiar, but it was like, it was kind of confusing yes. a little bit because I'm like, is this a reference to a previous one of the previous movies? But I'm like, I don't think so. And then finally, like, explain like, no, this happened pre-first movie mission. <laughs> but first, but yeah, that kind of storytelling art was like it was a little bit confusing. Like, I kept like, yeah, not, was this when like, did this happen? And then yeah. it goes into the story of you know I was because I'm like, was this the wife of the bad guy from the first or the second movie? <laughs> in this, in this, it's supposed to be his son. Because, you know, they kill the fuck out of that guy in, in the end of oh, yes. Bad Boys 2. So I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, is this, like, you know, his son? Uh, but I'm like, oh, no, this is somebody pre-pre-previous. But, it, yeah, I just didn't do a, a good job of explaining that until three quarters through the movie. I guess you're really undercover when your, you know, name's not even officially, you know, associated with the case. Yeah, apparently he was, like, pulled right out of the academy. You're a fresh face no one knows. And, you know, put undercover by, you know, Captain Howard. And and that's why if you're the driver, you know, undercover, don't be banging, you know, the the boss's uh, you know, wife. Yeah. Uh But I I thought that was kind of cool though how he went into you know, it was her teachings and everything else that taught him, you know, the yeah, confidence and how to be yeah, Mike Lowry. He, he like, finally figures out who this guy is that's trying to kill him and is killing all these other people. He's like, you know, finally tells Martin, you know, he's like, he's like, dude, like, you know, this is the first, I went undercover. I was young, didn't know nothing. 
but she's the one who taught me to walk the walk and dress. He's like, oh, so that's why you dress like a drug dealer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you know, she created Michael Lowry pretty much. Told me how to be a bad boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and later on, we'll get into some, uh, some other tidbits of wisdom. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, to, to, to back it up a little bit, the, um, well, cause I was thinking about the montage is like he, after that, that six months, he's kind of recovering or been in the hospital as soon as he gets out. And it's, it's his, uh, Marcus's, uh, daughter's wedding. Cause you know, they had a baby out of wedlock, but he, he finally, you know, made Did the official. right thing. And you know, and then, you know, but made in her the meantime, a proper woman, you know, when, when, you know, Mike was comatose, he's like, he has this religious moment. He's like, which was kind of like one of those serious moments. Like, damn, I didn't know they would go this far. And he's like, you know, God, I know I hadn't been to church, hadn't done anything, but it's because I'm embarrassed. You know, I know your rule is thou shalt not kill, but we've killed a lot of people. But I promise they were all bad. But if you just do me this one favor and pull Mike through, I will do yeah. not, I will I'll not never, unleash you know, any, any more violence in this world. And, you know, he finds out that like, cause he tries to get, you know, the captain put him back on the case. He's like, you need to talk to your partner. And he finds out at that point that, uh, Marcus had retired while he was in the hospital, but then they had that, that kind of gear up montage where it's like cutting back and forth where it's like him putting on the fancy jacket and, uh, Marcus putting on his robe (laughs) and him like shifting the gears in the porch. And he's like fucking shifting gears on the recliner. (laughs) It was just like, Oh man, I kind of feel this. I was like, I want to be will, but I'm Marcus these days. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll be a less you know handsome, less buff, less Mike Lowry version of a uh, a Mike. Oh, but I gotta say too, yeah, seventeen years since the last movie, Will Smith almost looks exactly the same. I mean, he's kind of thickened up, put a little muscle on, but fucking Martin Lawrence has gone full dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like Wild Hogs, Martin Lawrence, <laughs> not uh, yeah, <laughs> bad boys, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> But I mean, it still works. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I kept waiting for him to go. I'm getting too old for this shit, man. <laughs> he was like, "Well, I think he did." He's gone like, full Murtaugh. <laughs> I mean, he, he kept trying to retire like 17 times, and it's like, "Fuck, you got that that one friend that just isn't gonna let you quit," you know? Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just kept waiting for him to just go full Murtaugh and be like, "I'm getting too old for this shit, Will." <laughs> but I, I don't know. You know, I I thought it was great. You know, to put in some of those serious moments i mean and and you know just that whole line of you know after you know will recuperates and they have the discussion on his retirement and he's like you know he's like will's like you know hey we we said bad boys for life and he's like yeah and you've died like (laughs) i was there you know like it's over (laughs) yeah like he's like if you go on you're gonna get yourself killed if somebody else killed and i ain't i ain't hanging around for that dude you need to you need to take a step back and cool, you know, at the wedding too, when he's like digging around his man cave, pulls out the big ass humidor full of cigars. I'm like, oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, this. and it, you know, of course you always got Captain Howard played by uh, Joey uh, Pantaloni. I don't, I don't think I ever remember him breaking out a cigar in this film. <sighs> I remember the box of cigars at the wedding, I, I know, but I, mean, I don't remember Chief I, I, ever or Captain ever actually having. Uh, was he smoking one? Because I mean, in all the previous movies, he was like always had a cigar yeah, when he was chewing I, chewing uh their asses but but the but the fact is we're having to debate it so i don't think it happened uh, yeah, again, he's i getting... mean that would have stuck out as cigar nerds we would have yeah. been like fuck yeah i mean he's getting i mean they pulled out the box at the wedding but i don't think anyone ever actually fired one up but yeah 
previous movies, the captain always had a cigar, and I like I, said, I don't remember if he had one or not in this one. But I mean, he's getting kind of old himself. He may have had to not smoke for for uh, well, I mean, <laughs> medical I'm just reasons. Wondering, I don't. Well, I mean, you know, partly too. I know there's the big push in Hollywood, you know, to not show celebrity smoking and everything of that nature now so i mean yeah fucking snowflakes taking away our cigars bastards <laughs> we're adults until they rage the age of like 60 <laughs> yeah because uh, now you gotta be fucking 21 to smoke uh, <laughs> but uh uh yeah that uh but but kind of like all action movies where the hero tries to retire, something's going to pull him back in. And w- <laughs> we get... <sighs> and how you get pulled back in. Like... Uh, but for a while, you know, like him, how... him on his own, when he kind of goes, like, uh, when Mike kind of goes, he's like, I'm investigating this, you know, whether you like it or not, and goes beats the shit out of DJ Khaled to find out who's selling <laughs> specialized guns. And, I mean, the last thing you want to do is get some pork fat on a man's suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn, broke his DJ hand, man, with a hammer. But then he shows up and he's like, hey, Ammo's been working this for six months. Y'all ain't got shit. Hey, I've already found something. And it's kind of like that first movie was very, like, old school, almost 80s detective-ish, where the 2000s ones was very much 2000s era law enforcement. They were part of this, you know, TNT tactical narcotics team where it's like all like military tactics and literal war on drugs, like all these ex-military guys and SWAT. Nowadays in the 2020s, it's all technology, drone surveillance. Like hell, when the last movie came out, we were still on flip phones and Nokia bricks. You know, <laughs> like the technology of law enforcement has advanced so far. So it was kind of funny seeing this. Yeah, I like mean, here it- we're investigating this the modern way, but his old, you know tactics like yeah actually was the one that like hey yeah new kids the the old dog still got some tricks to show you (laughs) and i i kind of love you know once you know mike gets introduced to the ammo team you know and you know a couple of the folks are like oh shit it's mike lowry mad respect and then you have you know the one you know young dude that needs to you know be all fucking hipster and you know too cool and you know it's like (laughs) i love their their banter back and forth where it's, uh, he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, they're uh, Michael. He's like, no, no, she calls me Michael. She, cause she got to use my government name. Y'all can just call me Mike. All right, Michael. He's like, oh, there's always one of you, huh? And he's like, he's like, yep, there's always one of us. And he's like, yeah, until there's not. <laughs> and later on, he's like, back off grandpa. He's like, Hey, just cause I fucked your mother. Don't make me your grandpa. <laughs> I was like, oh damn. That's, <laughs> I like that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I gotta remember uh, that one. Uh, but at the same time, when they try to like you know, when they're trying to hunt down, they find the kind of the connection, and they're they're trying to get into the club, and it's like those they have always been the cool guys, and now like you know they go to try to get in the club, and they're like, "Nah, Grandpa, y'all can't come in." And he's like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> well, no, I mean even before that, like I, I don't know, I think one of the one of the greatest scenes, it was almost like a Final Destination moment. So you know, fucking. Um, because yeah, Mike Martin, on his own you know, is, yeah, is... Yeah, you know, so Martin's like, Mike, you're getting into some shit. I'm coming to pick you up. But first, we got to drop off my wife's purse, who's at the spa. And, you know, so, 
fucking, you know, traditional. You always see Mike Lowry in the flashy, you know, Porsche and everything else. And now they're in a fucking, you know... Well, Nissan look, Quest. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Minivan. Hey, 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 everybody. Mike Lowry. He's in a fucking Nissan. Hey, see? Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> like... Uh, speaking of Final Nation, even that before that, because when Mike tries to go out on his own, and eventually the captain's like, here, you can consult ammo, but you are to observe only, do not, anything. and they're all like, we're just going to high tech, we're going to observe this d- deal, and then we're going to bust the guy and try to get him to find out who's, who's selling the guns that, that shot you. But his like street smarts is like, I don't care how much technology you have, I noticed something, this is about to go down, there's no money in that bag, they're about to rob this motherfucker, we got to go save we him. We got to rip! And then there's like a full on gunfight and you know, they're trying to like save the one guy that has the information and there's an explosion. And he gets impaled on a forklift. <laughs> that was the final destination moment to me. It was like, Oh, they, well, that, that whole one, gunfight. He was like almost dead, almost dead. Oh, now he, yeah, he's dead. Well, <laughs> that one. And then, you know, when, um, they're trying to find somebody i can't remember the character's name so there's a a bit of a a rooftop battle that ensues yeah they're and, um one of their old informants calls marcus and is like he's like man i'm retired call mike i can't get a hold of him. some of the guy who shot him is trying to kill me y'all need to come protect me so he goes to pick up mike after this you know impaling incident and they show up late and dude gets tossed off the <laughs> Like, off the roof like on the, the, they're just Martin's, talking and all of a sudden Marcus is body, body through the the family you know windshield just like <laughs> fuck how am I going to explain this to my wife and, and they're trying to drive away later with like the crushed roof and the blood everywhere <laughs> but, but even before then it's like you know like you know the wife's having a spa day supposed to be relaxing it's like okay we got to drop off the kid and you know, so they they drop the kid off at the the spa. Mike just like, and just like drops him off. It's like, bot, just like runs. Yeah, it's like no, no. It's like how pissed was she? You know, on a scale of like one to ten. Yeah, one to ten. And then he discovers, fuck, we forgot to give her the baby wipes. Okay, this is full on like eleven, twelve. Like we are fucked. It's <laughs> like you you've known her a long time. What's the level? He's like, uh, what's a ten? Is that like you know when I broke up with your sister? No, no, no. That was my ten. That's not her ten. Like she's like, so the time you like spilt milkshake on my leather seats, yeah, that would be a ten. Oh yeah, she was a nine then. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, I forgot to give her the baby wipes. We just might as well go ahead and just bump that up to a ten. I'm fucked. <laughs> and then the car gets. And I like that too because he's like, he hasn't told Mike yet about his promise that he would not, he would do no more violence. So he's getting his ass kicked fighting this assassin. And he's like, God, uh. I know I said we no more violence if you protect Mike, but Mike's really getting his ass kicked right now. Uh, can you just give me a sign if I should intervene? <laughs> and then, yeah, but the the triggering effect to bring Marcus back in for one last ride is they kill the the cigar smoking captain. I mean, that, that was another dude. Thing, yeah. I did not see that coming either. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I. You know, obviously, you know, as they're going through, like, the list of names and shit, but, you know, you know, I mean, he's just casually sitting there talking to Mike about, hey, come over, let's have some dinner, you know, the wife would be glad to see you, and boom, throat shot. Fuck! Yeah, I mean, that was one that was, like, you know, just shocking, you know, and up until that point, the Armando, who is the assassin, very much just wasting people right and left under his mother's orders. You think this guy's like a psychopath, but at that point 
when he takes out the captain, he's like hits him with a sniper scope. A they're they're at a soccer game or was it no basketball game? Yeah, basketball. A ref comes up and starts trying to do first aid on the captain, and she's like blocking the shot, and his. His uh, minion is like, dude, just shoot through the lady. Let's let's take this dude out. But he's like, no, no innocence. He he wouldn't take the shot because there was the lady in front. So it's like, huh? He's up he's to this point, just been a psychopath, sort of a, but he's got some kind of moral compass. Moral, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not on my list, and you're not like one of these criminals that are. Well, I mean, it, it's almost like we used to. You know, uh, the other night we were having a conversation. We were talking about you know like the the old mob families, right? Yeah. And how the families would battle amongst themselves, but they weren't out, you know, fucking terrorizing innocent people, whereas, like, a lot of your gang violence... Yeah, they don't care who gets killed. Yeah, you know, fuck. Everybody's getting killed except for the person they're after, um, usually. So, you know, I I think it was, you know, kind of a a nod to that structure and that discipline that, yeah, you're a fucking, you know trained killer, you know, doing a bunch of bad shit, but at the same time, like, you know, like, there used to kind of be that moral code of, you know, <laughs> hey, if if you and I have beef, it's mano a mano. We don't bring the yeah. wife, we don't bring the kids into it, you know, none of that shit, but... Yeah, and I so said with the the captain dying, that was the the catalyst to get Martin to come, or Marcus to come back one more time. And you really see that they're better together when he was like on his own with no one kind of being his, I mean, he was straight up vigilante at that point. Yeah, with no one being his like conscious. He was like a total asshole. And, he, and even though he was stuck with the, the ammo guys, he's like, you know, just thought they were kind of a hindrance and their ways were dumb. But then once Marcus comes back and is like, he's the one that keeps calling them and telling them, Hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to work as a team. And that, you know, there's, you know, he starts to kind of appreciate the new school and the old school. Like, all right. Maybe these kids have something that is useful that we can, we can work with. You know, once he has the, uh, the guy that kind of like, you know, makes <laughs> him was, think more than just, you what know. was the name of the drone? Was it baby bear or big bear or something like, <laughs> something like that. that too. And we talk about the, the new kids on the block. We got the, the Lieutenant over ammo, which stands for like advanced Metro something, another, <laughs> some cool acronym but uh and you know it's like a small unit that you use like new high-tech uh advanced miami metro operations uh and they got the one guy who's like you expect to be the you know the the badass because he's like just fucking jacked dude and he's like no he's the nerd he's like like so he's like so you just kind of sit in the van he's like yeah he's like what are you just sitting here and like do curls man <laughs> you big as shit <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm just more comfortable in the van. Like I said, I'll I'll get out if I have to, but I'm more comfortable being the guy in the chair. <laughs> Which was kind of awesome, because, you know, he sort of had that same... He had much more of the, um, you know, Martin Lawrence dynamic to, yeah. you know, he's like, I- I'm taking the passive role, you know, I'm, I'm not about the violence and the gunplay. I'm going to and- penetrate his soul with my heart. <laughs> yeah. It's like, God. Dude. Dude. When someone's on coked out of their mind, you can't penetrate their soul. <laughs> You're going to have to tase him. <laughs> but I, I love that, you know, whereas, you know, Martin's real quick to rush in and defend, you know, Will, and it's like, oh, 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 no, no, Martin, you getting, you getting your ass kicked here, sir? How, how's that going for you? He's like, you better not turn that other cheek. He's like, no, no, I got this. Come on, man. This lo- Yo, I know you <laughs> hits him again. He's like, do, do you want me to? Yeah, you, you might want to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, do it your way. <laughs> but uh, 
And I like, too, that guy, too. They have the, at one point, because you got the, kind of the hotshot uh, young female cop who's, who's kind of, she's more she's more Mike in that unit. She's kind of a badass herself. And then you got the wise-ass, like, her and, like, uh, what the hell's the other guy's name? Uh, Raffi. Kelly and Raffi. They're, they're kind of the Mike character, where Dorn, the big, like, peaceful dude, is, is more the, the Marcus guy. <laughs> but, and then she, he finally asked him at one point, he's like, you know, what's up with him? Like, what's his story? Like, is, is he a killer? And he's like, they're like, yeah, actually he was a bouncer and there was a guy, you know, assaulting a woman and he kicked his ass and the dude ended up dying and he just doesn't want to have anything to do know, with violence. Yeah. He's, so he's like, you know, uh, and yeah, you know, so you, and I love that later on when they get into, but he's not, he doesn't want to, but he's not, it's not that he's not capable of it. So later on when we get into the final big gun battle. Oh, let's uh, save that. Cause dude, that was that was fucking video game tactic. Yeah, but I just like the line Mike gives me. He's like, "Hey, big boy, like, I'm gonna need you to do some violence. Like, I'll pay for your uh, your, your therapy, therapy, but we're gonna need you to, to bring it." And he's like, "All right, I can do that, but I am gonna need the therapy." <laughs> <laughs> and then has some straight John Wick. Sh- I mean, that dude like kicks some ass. Oh, once yes, they, yes. Once I, they said, "Dude, you got to step up." We're. <laughs> I, I definitely want to go in uh, a little bit more. But yeah, but before that, when they. The club scene where they they find Armando's right hand man. They figure out it's his birthday, and they're gonna go raid this club with like non lethal rounds. <laughs> it's like these are great. You could just shoot them forever. <laughs> and they sneak up in into like the celebration, and they're all partying with him. They're standing right next to you. He goes, "You're going to jail." What? He's like, "Say bad guy, jail, bad guy, jail." <laughs> and then they. You know, he does some you know parkour shit, and they got to chase him around. <laughs> and when they shoot him in the head with a rubber bullet, and he just has this giant welt, and Mark's like, "Oh, I, it's calling it's called, me, man. I got, I got to touch it." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, like I, 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 but I kept expecting it to be like a pimple, right? So as he's poking it, like I'm expecting like blood and pus. Oh yeah, just, I'm just waiting for them to get squirted on. Yes, but it never quite happened. But they end up getting ambushed by gang guys and they end up stealing my favorite motorcycle in the world <laughs> because not only and it's funny because they're chasing this dude on a motorcycle and there's the motorcycle with a sidecar you've seen the commercials and he's like because at that point they were it was they were in a crowded club they brought non-lethal so they're like we're in a gunfight we all got these rubber bullets he's like what do you find and he pulls out a, sh- a shotgun he's like man this thing's loaded he's like Dude, it's this like, is like a redneck a, basement. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, like, what else you got? And all of a sudden, like, the front end of the sidecar opens up, and there's a freaking belt-fed, like, <laughs> M60 or something like that. And he's like, I got to tell you, like, I promised, like, you know, nonviolence. And, uh, and he's like, I asked God for a sign. Well, shit, you got a fucking M60. There's your fucking sign. That's God's gun. <laughs> yeah. He's like, really? He's like, yes, you are God. You are doing God's will and smiting people. He's like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, I'm going to smite was- some people. <laughs> It, that moment right there felt so much like a Pulp Fiction moment. I was yeah. like, fuck yes. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon me. And him just like, do, 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 do. He's like, where's your glasses? That's too dude. They're getting always like, where's your glasses? I don't need glasses. Motherfucker, you ain't hitting shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not getting too old for this shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I don't know. Just that whole, you know sequence like you know eventually like shit starts to go bad so you know 
we'll fucking separate the sidecar. So here's the sidecar just fucking <laughs> going down the alleyway out of control. and ch- Or even before that, the straight up Fast and the Furious moment where, you know, they, they're next to a semi and the fucking sidecar is under the semi. Spikes <laughs> are flying and, you know... Martin's like, get me the fuck out of here. Will looks over like, oh shit, this thing's wider than I anticipated. Like, <laughs> my bad, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, and like you said a minute ago, like the video game stuff. Armando shows up in a helicopter with a rocket launcher out of nowhere to like save his boy. And it's like, oh no, we just reached a boss battle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is straight video game shit. <laughs> uh, and they even joke about that later on. They're like, where do they keep getting all these fucking helicopters? Because I mean, it's straight up. That's Video game rules. You, you're you're going to have to fight a helicopter at some point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked about that time and time again. But but this is like the first time he's been close enough to him to speak to him. And he says this in Fuego, which turns out was the kind of the code word him and Isabella had. And he starts doing the research and finds out she had a son and the time frame. He's like. Speaking of the My Father's Cigar, this could be my son. And, you know, he's like, hey, the mob he's like, mob boss was sterile. We know that, you know, he couldn't have had a kid. And she had this kid in prison. And I was, I was fucking the one. You know, and he finally tells. Yeah, know, he, like he has a he, heart he, to heart. You yeah. Know? With, with Marcus tells him, like, yo, this girl was like, the, I told you I was in love one time. It was this girl. I was undercover. I was her driver. We fell in love. But she was a bruja, which was like a witch. She was into all this voodoo and dark shit. So even though we planned to, I was almost about to chuck my career and we were going to run off together. But really, she's just a cold blooded killer. And I've got to like, take them all down. So I chose the badge and I've been chosen it, chasing it ever since. That's why I've never you know fallen in love. And cause it's a big heartfelt speech. And of course, my <laughs> like, so you telling me you fucked a married witch. And he's like, out of all this, that that's your takeaway. From this. You <laughs> fucked a witch without a condom. <laughs> How you fucking witch without a condom? Yes, like, <laughs> oh my. So, so yeah, even even though it has these like serious of... heartfelt moments, they come back and just hit you with the comedy right after, <laughs> which is great. Oh my god! But then we have that uh, the uh, you know once he find out what's going on, they're like, he's like, all right, I'm going. I got to end this myself. And we had that moment where they all go rogue and go down to Cuba to rescue Marcus's sister in the last movie. But that time they were kind of unofficially sanctioned. So they were like, you know, had the guns and all this shit. Whereas and, now and like, they've been completely... something, They take a commercial flight to Mexico. And even though he tries to go by himself, Marcus shows up and tags along. Cause he's like, I'm not letting you do this by yourself. Oh, dude, and they get down there and you're like... Airplane. No, we got to talk about that airplane conversation. <laughs> like, holy fuck, could you be in a... a uh, a passenger and you got these dudes, you know, talking, you know, to the row in front of you and being like, we fly together, we die together. And everybody's like, the fuck y'all terrorists? Like, <laughs> oh, like, no, no, I know it looks bad. That's not what I mean. Like, it, and then like, he just keeps, you know, going on about, you know, fucking the witch and everything else. And like, ask the guy next to him, would you fuck a witch without a condom? Like, <laughs> no, no, I would not, sir. See, this man says he wouldn't fuck a witch without a condom. Like, and it's like, you know, eventually, like, you know, they're like, we need to have a heart-to-heart. Can we trade seats, you know? And then, like, you know, eventually, like, Martin gets on Will's last nerve. So it's like, 
Fuck it, we trading seats back. <laughs> Don't talk to me no more. He's like, you can't kill your son. Yeah, and everyone's like looking at him like, what? But yeah, when they get there, I'm like, the thing I'm thinking is like, how do you, like, you just went to Mexico on a commercial flight, so I know you don't have any guns. What are you going to do when you get down there? But then apparently they have a, a, a connection to some dude that owes him a favor from Miami, and he's like, we're even, and just gives him a bunch of like, you know, ghetto guns. But then Ammo shows up. And with all the cool toys. Well, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, they do that bit of a a gear-up montage, and then, you know, Will gets that text, and it's like, you know, in hideout. And it's like, oh shit, we're made. We gotta get the fuck out. They go to the door, you know, anticipating, you know, it's about to be a firefight or whatever, and it's, you know, the group from Ammo. And it's like, oh shit, y'all are here, because they've been disbanded. Yeah, they kind of went rogue themselves, but they show up with all the toys and the guns, they're like... Where'd you get all this? Like, oh, we checked with the D- the local DEA office. You know, they're like, if we take her down, they get the credit. And if we all die, we were never here. <laughs> He's like, but and the thing too is because I went to see it with my, with my wife and like the, the Raffi, like, you know, him and Will have that kind of moment. Like, you know, we good. And it's like, she's like, yeah, they hated each other. Why are they good now? I'm like, cause that's the way men are. Like you have my back in a fucking fight. I don't care if I didn't like you before. We're boys now. You, you had my back when the shit hit the fan. Well, I mean, it's... It's all forgiven. It's kind of like we, we talked about with, you know, bullies. Like, you know, some of my closest friends are people that I've scrapped with at some point. You know, there was a level of respect afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, from that respect, you're able to formulate a, a friendship. And it's like, you know, no. Whatever <laughs> beef we had before is no longer, and we moved on with life. Yeah, because he thought he was just a smart-ass kid, and then, like, you know, he kind of earned his respect, and, and then they, you know, like I said, that's the one thing. It's like, you, you you fight with somebody, then you're like, all right, well, we're good. You had my back. You know, you, you've earned my respect at this point. But, yeah, they, you know, he goes to meet the witch, uh, and it turns out to all be a fucking ambush, and... and Shit gets wild, but yeah, that like you said, that kind of video game esque like. Well, I mean, you fight. know, so uh, the big dude, you know, that we talked about that swore off the violence. So it's like, hey, big man, I'm gonna need you to do some violence, and you know, when he does violence, like he's a straight up tank. Yeah, like you know, it's he like, literally like takes out a pole to collapse a floor by just tackling that shit, <laughs> and like doing some like John Wick gunfighting. You're like, oh, homeboy, can have some skill. <laughs> It's like, fuck, the only thing they needed on their team was a medic, and they'd have a full fucking RPG party. <laughs> I do like they got the, the their fucking drone got it wired up with guns this time. <laughs> Homeboy, like, straight video game, like, with the, the drone racing goggles, just murking fuckers with the drone, like like some Call of Duty <laughs> shit. <laughs> got him. And then the, the helicopter shows up to, to rescue them, and he's like, why do they keep getting all these fucking helicopters? It's like, oh. Here's boss battle part two. <laughs> and they're shooting at the helicopter. He's like, what are you doing? I'm shooting at the pilot. Shoot the rotor. Now nah, I'm going to hit the pilot. Shoot the rotor. He's like, if you hit, hit the, the pilot. pilot oh, like, shit. He hits the pilot. He's like, I got just, him. You know, loses control and crashes in the building and sets the whole thing on fire. Uh, but then they had that moment, too, where he's like, yo, finally faces off with Armando. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. You're like, I'm, I'm your father. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you had that whole pivotal, you know. Like, okay, the violence has, you know, kind of ceased, and, you know, it's like, fuck, is what he's saying, you know, true? Is he my father? And then it's like, shit, like... She's like, it doesn't matter, he is, but kill him, you know? Mom is a master manipulator. Yeah, and, you know, he sees he's been kind of lied to his whole life, and she goes to kill Mike, and he steps in the way and gets hit, 
And then homegirl Rita, who's Mike's ex-girlfriend who runs ammo, shows up and like shoots them. And I like too when when Mike goes in by himself and the, before they realize it's an ambush and they're all on mics and video. And he she sees her and something. Like he's like, I'm gonna kill this bitch myself. It's <laughs> like hell yeah. But yeah, she shows up and lights her ass up. And then like you know Armando, who's been the the psychopath, once he finds out like he's been trying to kill his father and his mom's a bitch, you know, he helps. Mike save Marcus, you know, it's like guys got, you know, the potential of redemption. And after he, when they drag him outside, he's like, Hey man, you've done some shit and you're going to pay for that. But I promise I'm here. I'm here for you through this. You know, he's like, I, I didn't know about you. I I just found out myself. So that's why, you know, if I'd have known, I would have been there. You know, they had that kind of, you know, redemption moment, which was, was kind (laughs) of, kind of cool. But yeah, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I was like, I'm going to need to do some violence. I will pay for your therapy. <laughs> oh, and then after all the violence and everything else, you know, they're kind of having their little bit of a celebration party. And it's like, hey, guys, I, I talked to my therapist. Uh, they thought it would be great if we do a group session. Um, is everybody in? Oh, yeah, we're, we're in, you know. <laughs> Martin and Will off to the side. I ain't going to no fucking therapy. <laughs> oh, you should have been like going, woosah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Got to teach you woosah. Everything will be all right. And then our kind of post credits of that, we like I said, you have that party because since Captain Howard's died, uh, Rita has been promoted. She's the new captain, and Will and and Marcus are now the new leaders of Ammo. So it's like that old school, new school has has come together, and the whole setup we've had from all the trailers that this is the last ride. Oh, it's not. They're they're all back being cops. They're part of this new unit, and then we get the second post credit scene where he goes to see his son in jail and he's like, how's it going? He's like, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm paying my debt. He's like, there's, but there's a lot of it to pay. And he's like, well, I may have a way for you to pay some of that down. Uh, there's a, there's an opportunity. Are you in? He's like, yeah. So now they, they drop that teaser where if they want to do bad boys for, it's obviously set up for kind of a new, almost a new franchise, which we thought bad boys for life was the end. Now it's just kind of like, a new beginning without rebooting the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was definitely a great setup. And, you know, I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, because we, we um, you know, there was quite a bit of depth, you know, leading up to figuring out who the key players are. You know, they bring the hacker that's locked up and, you know, because, you know, the she's not really the secretary. She's, you know, I, been oh, helped. first the first, first yeah. movie or whatever? Yeah, you know, and basically... I'm unable to break this encryption, so they bring in the criminal, and it's like, you know, Will's over there like, can you do this shit any faster? He's like, motherfucker, you asked me to do what I'm in jail for. <laughs> like, shit, you get me out of jail, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely getting you out. Like, <laughs> And hell, in the second movie, but they find he's out working that, for the police IT department. Yeah, <laughs> they they, that, they got know, him out of jail. Basically, she was connected to the officer that, you know, originally had, you know, went rogue and everything was his girlfriend and it's like oh shit like stuff got real <laughs> but yeah so it's gonna be interesting if we get a another another movie out of this and i guess yeah will's son's gonna be doing some undercover based some yeah we made the comparison to fast and the furious earlier <laughs> are they gonna have a fast and the furious like you know hey dom you come work for the cia we'll uh we'll wipe your uh <laughs> we'll wipe your record <laughs> type thing yeah hey officially you don't exist but you got a special set of skills and we need those skills yeah we need a particular set of skills (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah. So what? What do you think the future holds? Is it? Is you know we're gonna get them in a more of a supervisory role, and you know, the the ammo kids are gonna be the new stars, or um, or is it gonna be a a team effort from here on out? I mean, depending on how quickly they make one. I mean. As bad as it sucks to say. Yeah, like, another 17 years. Those motherfuckers are definitely going to be retired because they're going to be too old for this shit. Yeah, I mean, um, so, I mean, if it's within, you know, the next year or two, I, I definitely can, you know, see them in, in a bit more of a, a supervisory role. Um, but I think if we keep this current set of, you know, directors um, and, and Jerry Bookheimer, of course, producing... Um, I don't think the banter really changes all that much. I think if anything, it goes the route of what we saw with, you know, I'm going to go back to your Fast and the Furious analogy, where we start bringing in more and more tech and, you know, things become a lot more operative and, you know, because yeah. I mean, this one more here, of just, you know, instead of busting drug, drug king pins in Miami, it becomes more of a oh I, yeah James either, Bondish type. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, you know, like, fuck. You guys are are now 007 at that point. Like it kind of reminds me of uh, I don't know if because ever... once they ended up in Mexico, I was like, oh shit, because we never really seen them outside of Miami. Yeah, I mean the last one, our final sequence was in Cuba, but yeah, but yeah, that's you know they've never really been an international <laughs> unit. So I'm wondering if it doesn't go more, you know, hey, we're, we're taking this from Miami and going more on a a global, you know, <laughs> level and being like, ammo, you guys have. You know, done some shit, so now you're working with the feds. Yeah, like, we're like teamed up with the you know, liaison, the DEA, FBI, whatever, and, and doing some more international shit. And I gotta uh, which say the, I think would be cool, you know? The uh it kinda reminds yeah, you said if if there's a large gap between movies and they get old, it may end up being like uh I don't know if you ever watched the later years of Walker, Texas Ranger, but originally that movie was just Chuck Norris and his partner, but like it that series went on so long by the end of it, Chuck was getting old, so they brought in a couple like young new detectives, and it, most of the time it was like they're the ones doing all the shit, and then Chuck Norris would just show up for like the final fight, so he could like roundhouse kick somebody in the face. <laughs> I mean, so it's like just Martin, Martin and Mike show up for like the last uh, uh, gunfight, and the rest of the time it's like Ammo doing all the the heavy action sequences. <laughs> I mean, I do like how you know they they did a better job of grounding. You know, uh, especially Mike Lowry, you know, because we talked about how much larger than life, you know, his reputation was. Yeah, I mean, and, he was and, almost and a superhero, this, and they've kind of you know, brought him back down to... Humanized and made him vulnerable again. Which... Um, and I, I think bringing that humanity back... Um, and killing you know, off really the captain, too, wave. is like, you know, nobody's safe. You know, you, you expect, like, you know, Mike and Martin's going to make it through. Hell, I... I almost thought they were gonna, you know, that Martin was gonna die at the, or Marcus was gonna die at the end of it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, where they're, you know, uh, so basically there's an explosion. Martin, you know, goes over a railing, and you know, below him is that damn helicopter uh, that he shot the pilot that blew up, so it's on fire. So he's and they're all covered there. in water and blood, and he's yep. slipping. You're like, it's like my ass cheeks are burning. Pull me up, man! And you know that's when you know Will's son, you know, steps in and it's like, you know, gives you know the extra hand to pull him up and stuff. And it's like, ah, 
guy's got redeeming qualities, which we talked about. So yeah, that's, I almost thought, you know, like I said, he was going to die, and then, then, you know, they were just, just going to move on with, you know, I mean, because that's... The, the, Mike and the new team. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of crazy, you know? I mean, with, with you know, Captain, uh, you know, getting killed. Like, yeah, I was like... I don't know. Like, I mean, you saw that with Will. Then you see it with Martin. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know... Are, are they trying to... <laughs> <laughs> and two, I like his like he doesn't understand like the technology. They're like they're in the club with the, like the earbuds. And he's like, man, like you asked me. He's like, but it's been a long time since I've had sex, man. And he's like, dude, shut the fuck up. They can hear you. That's nah, too loud in here. And they find like the 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 hot uh, lieutenant's like, uh, we can hear you. <laughs> he's like, oh, I was just fucking with y'all. <laughs> it was oh. almost like the uh, the uh, I got shot. My dick don't work. Uh, speech in the uh, the Best Buy in the or whatever yes. it was in the last movie. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I like the fact after, you know, they're, they're, you know, having their celebration and, you know, you know, Martin's always about his quality time, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, here, I've, I've set you guys up with, you know, um, a getaway vacation for a few days. Um, I'm taking the baby, so you don't <laughs> have to worry about that. And, you know, they're like, you, you're taking the baby. Well, the, the team's going to help me out. Right, guys? <laughs> and they're and like, they're like See peace, it. you know, it's like. Fuck, Martin, take your blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid starts crying, and they start singing him the Bad Boys song yes. too. And it's like, and freaking, of course, Marcus screws up the lyrics. Like, no, 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 man, we're not doing that with the next generation. You gotta do that shit right. <laughs> and even when the new kids try to sing it, and they're singing it horribly, and they're like, no, no, ah, uh, no, you never, never sing that song. <laughs> That's our song. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and you're fucking up the lyrics. They're really hard to learn. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. So any final thoughts on this here, or halfway through this here, my father's cigar? Wonderful cigar. Exactly what I would anticipate out of a um, a good my father. Um, good complexity, great flavor. Um, strength-wise, I would say uh, at medium, um, may- maybe even medium plus. Um, I, I get just a snippet of spice, you know, um, not anything... And it, it's not even the dominating flavor. It's no, just, it's just a nice little little hint of spice, kind of there, yeah. you know. And it that spice may just actually be the the heat from the smoke, but um, I, I you know, fuck, it's it's my father's. It's exactly what I would anticipate and expect: a nice, enjoyable smoke oh, that doesn't break the bank. Go ahead. One last thing before we move on: we mentioned it feeling like a video game. It reminded me so much of. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, where the whole, like, uh, where she's, like, praying to, like, the death, like, you know, the... What they yeah, call? Los Mortes? Yes. The, and, I'm like, and it has, like, a little statue and making making offerings to it and something. I'm like, this looks like some shit, like, straight out of that game we play. <laughs> I mean, are they part of the El Sueño cartel? Yeah, very well could be. I don't know. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm retiring. What happened to Bad Boys for Life? It's time we be good men. Look at the baby. Stop it right now. Seriously. Look at the baby. I'll be outside. Marcus, somebody's trying to kill me. I'm not letting you go on a suicide mission alone. One last time. One last time. I'm going to need you to hurt some people. I'll pay for the therapy. I... Look at this carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody? Oh, come on, Captain. You know I shot some people. Yeah. And 
welcome back. Are you ready for some science? I am ready for science. All right. So, uh, we got a, some, a new study. He's trying to explain why, because supposedly we've all heard this. Africa was the cradle of civilization. That's kind of where man supposedly first started and we expanded globally from there. But now it's mostly desert. Uh, and they're trying to explain why humanity moved out of Africa. So some recent, uh, they've found some kind of like, you know, uh, weather records, you know, in, in some, uh, you know, digs they've done and, 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 and found how been looking at kind of how the hemisphere has changed. And basically like 125,000 years ago, instead of the equator, which now is like the hottest, closest part to the sun. The earth was more tilted and the northern regions were what were closer to the, to the sun. So the, you know, equator areas were more green and, and, you know, flourishing. But as time changed, that area dried up and the more northern and southern regions became more fertile. So man moved out from there. So literally our ancient ancestors missed the rains down in Africa. God damn. (laughs) All the years of science. It's probably the most beautiful and poetic thing I've heard. (laughs) Yep. That's a long way to go for an Africa joke. (laughs) Oh yeah. That I mean, that's almost as good as the article that, you know, the guy set up the, you know, solar powered speaker to, you know, and infinitely play, uh, you know, rains in Africa <laughs> somewhere out in the middle of the desert. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, we, uh, you said we don't have a catchphrase. I mean, making Africa jokes is <laughs> kind of our catchphrase. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's basically, you know, your wife and I's entire friendship is basically revolves around, you know, the rains down in Africa. <laughs> That's about the only time we communicate is when there's a new Africa meme or, yep. you know, song. So, or... Some cover or whatnot. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so we, you know, it's, yeah, I, I always have to threaten Skynet and, and give you weird robot and computer news. Apparently, you know, we've all heard of facial recognition software and even audio recognition. Now they've determined computers can identify you based on your bad dancing. Dude, I'm, I'm Michael Jackson, okay? Like, fuck some bad dancing. I feel like the science segment is very personal, Joe. The- new, new research at the University of Jyväskylä in, in Finland. Any of our Finnish metalheads, y'all probably know how to pronounce that. I do not. <laughs> Has uh, been using motion capture technology and machine learning to understand how different people dance. And it turns out they found that your dance moves are almost as unique as your fingerprints. Unless regardless, you're all up there doing the Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, it's like, regardless of what type of music you're dancing to or, like, how you're dancing, you know, you kind of, I guess, develop your own style of dancing no matter what kind of dancing it is that has similar, unique identifiers to yourself. Kind of like, a, I know from the martial arts standpoint that, you know, even though we all learn the exact same thing, we all kind of develop our own personal fighting style. I think we, I've even seen that in some movies like Batman, stuff like that, where people are like, Oh, I, I know this guy because I know how he fights and I recognize. So yeah, this is kind of a scientific proof of that, that you move a certain way and it's 
as uh, you know accurate as your your fingerprints. So, you know, they used uh, seventy three volunteers and played eight different genres of music, including blues, country, dance, jazz, metal, pop, reggae, and rap. Kind of trying to see if the computer could determine what uh, music you were listening to by your moves, which turned out it didn't have, it only was able to identify that like accuracy, maybe like uh, 53% of the time, even less for pop music. They was only able to identify that 10% of the time. However, it was like 70, 80% accurate picking out who was dancing based just on the moves. So like they kind of, it, uh, they were looking for something else and then like found this like, Oh, like the computer's like, no, that's this guy. That's this guy. Yeah, it was just based off characteristics know. and traits of movement. Yeah, interesting. But I mean, I guess that's the same thing. Like you know, I mean, people have different postures and everything else of that nature, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, like a, a similar study uh, published in 2017 found that even a person's walk can also provide insights into their personality and move moves. So like you know, it's like now they're finding through a study not only can the computer identify people based on their dancing movement. It also kind of tells you, you can make predictions about their personality and mood based on, on how they're, how they're moving, which they say this, you know, well, I mean, I think they, that they, makes they, sense. You know, somebody's walking towards you. Like you can tell, Oh, is this person, you know, passively walking or if, if somebody takes an aggressive stance and you know, everything like you could definitely see the change in posture and be like, okay, uh, that person's not very happy with me. Uh, that's a threat. <laughs> and you know, they're they're saying that you know while they don't think this is going to be useful or used in like nefarious like Big Brother is watching you surveillance ways, it can be used in more of a psychological way. So like you know, kind of read people through their mu- movements. What what happens if you got the moves like Jagger? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go to your psychologist. And he's like, all right, before I can uh, diagnose what's wrong with you. I'm going to need you to bust a groove. <laughs> it's going to be a whole new brand of psychology. I like it. And speaking of possible Terminators, this is one of those stories where it's like, do you want Terminators? Because this is how we get Terminators. Researchers at Cornell University are uh, one step closer to building robots that are more like humans. Because uh, they have developed soft robot muscles that actually sweat to regulate temperature. Oh boy. <laughs> Suddenly those EMPs are going to be a little less effective, I am afraid. Yeah. So like uh in a study published in Science Robotics, uh they believe this is a c- crucial step into building untethered high-powered robots because they found that you know metal is a very efficient uh dissipates heat rather quickly. So Metal robots, you know, don't overheat as well, but as they're kind of moving into soft uh, robots, as they're calling it, that, uh, you know, are more human-like, they can't dissipate the heat as well. So they've come up with this 3D-printed, you know, hydraulic-powered muscles that actually uh, can release heat by, you know, releasing, you you know, sweat, pretty much. It's made out of two hydrogel materials, a base letter of polyinisoprol acrylamide covered in a perforated layer of polycrylamide materials that were chosen because they can retain water and respond to temperature. And they've, you know, kind of built a robot meat hand out of this, <laughs> this material that can grip things. And, but it, you know, responds to 
two temperatures when each temperature. I hope they just started, you know, calling it hand. Yeah. When the fingers reach a temperature of 86 degrees Fahrenheit, the base layer reacts by shrinking, squeezing water through the top micron-sized pores in the top layer, and the evaporation cools it, much like your body cools yourself. When you get hot, you sweat to reduce your core temperature and keep you from overheating. Or, eventually they're going to print print flesh on the T-1000 and or T-800 or whatever, and we're all fucked. And from one scary science to... Uh, to uh, another mad science, you know, if you, like I said, if you don't want Terminators, don't build Terminators. If you don't want orcs, don't put human DNA in pigs. Mm. This is how we get orcs or Gamorrean guards. If you're more of a Star Wars fan than a Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. Pigs are being genetically engineered with human cells. And they're basically trying to pave the way for future skin transplant and organ transplants. You know, the medical field, uh, you know, while you know robotic organs are are something that's already been used, it's there's not enough kind of donors to go around to you know donate organs, and we've uh, using pig organs, which while similar to humans, are not like because you know, I, I know people that have had like a pig valve put in their heart and stuff like that, but normally people like that have to go under to, like immunosuppressants to help to keep your body from rejecting, rejecting this foreign yes. object. So they are at the uh, was it experiments at uh, a Chinese uh, hospital, uh, first affiliate hospital of Nanchan university in China. Basically they removed key pig genes that trigger organ rejections and added eight human genes to modified pigs in order to reduce the chance of organs being rejected. And as a test, they, basically did skin grafts on monkeys, which is our closest, you know, relative with this genetically modified pigs. And the monkeys were able to survive without any kind of anti-rejection drugs being given to them. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, help the monocular compatibility aspects of it. And, you know, eventually may be able to grow pigs that could, you know, donate you a, a kidney or, or whatnot if, you know, a human one's not available. Oh, that's awesome. And the lead study of, of this, uh, uh, lead author of this study is named Wang Gang. I just wanted to put that out there because that's an awesome name. <laughs> <laughs> Wang Gang. <laughs> well, you definitely get uh, a, um, you know, an A for awesome. <laughs> Uh yes, I'm five and dad jokes uh, are the <laughs> or what science is all about. Yes. So with that, we'll be back with some news. This is a Nerd Atlanta flashback featuring comic book artist Lawson Chambers. Whenever people reboot things, there's this instinct to make it darker and grittier. Yeah. And they're like, you don't need to see a darker, grittier Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. That is wild to me. That like, in our modern age, that our trailer for a movie could come out and fans could go, no, we hate the way that little blue man looks. Change it. <laughs> New podcast episodes will be available soon. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this segment, we're going to talk about Fast and the Furious 9. 
AKA F9. Not not to be confused with F9 on your keyboard. <laughs> or F8. Whatever the Fate of the Furies, whatever the last one was called. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit behind on the franchises. I don't think I've seen 8. I don't think I've seen... Well, maybe I saw 8. I don't remember. I got a little burnt out. I didn't see 8 until it came out on video. I didn't catch that one in theaters. I saw Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff, which was pretty badass. But at this point, they've gone so far of the street past... It's straight up triple x or james bond and cars at this point it's like they've become like weird the avengers of cars that's just yes <laughs> uh, and, and it's gotten know. more and more ridiculous which is still awesome it, it's like a great like mindless i just want to watch summer action movie yeah. yeah um well with this one here like i was like damn am i watching fast and furious one all over again kind of <laughs> i mean it, it, still from the trailer that we got the action still seems very much over the top, um, <laughs> which we've come to expect later on in the series. Um, and all kind of weird spy shit going on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We got stealth planes. We got, you know. Looks like No Rock or, uh, or uh, Jason Statham. They're off yeah. doing their own thing, <laughs> apparently. Which is, you know, I don't know. Or at least not from the trailer. I mean, I enjoyed, up. you know, seeing The Rock and stuff in the franchise. Um, I guess... Maybe, you know, this is like, well, shit, I started this franchise, so I guess maybe, you know, maybe we're going to see him alternate. It's like, okay, Fast and Furious 10 will bring Rock back. Fast and Furious 11 will be back with right, Vin Joe, Diesel. You know, this year we uh, get Fast and Furious. Next year we get Hobbs and Shaw 2. It's like, yes. you know, they're, they're off in their own series now. Maybe they might cameo, but they're not uh, <laughs> not so, back in it for a while. Um, looks like, uh, John Cena is, um, reprising a role. Um, That's who it was. I couldn't see him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. He wasn't wearing camouflage. I was kind of confused, you know? <laughs> yeah, John Cena's the bad guy. That's a kind of a twist. You haven't seen him do that in a while. Yeah, he's always been the hero. Or lately, he's been doing weird-ass comedies, so it's kind of never seen him back being an action star. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I mean, it... Looks like basically. Um, Speaking know. of family, it's he's got an evil brother apparently. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, evil brother, and I, I guess um, you know a son. I don't know when that happened. And somehow Han's still alive. Yeah, Han's <laughs> back. Um, that was the big teaser at the end of the trip. Like I was like, isn't that motherfucker dead? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen the films in so long that I, I can't keep track. Like. Well, he died in Tokyo Drift, which was the third movie. Did he die, or do we just assume he died? I mean, well, was was he, like, blown the fuck up or shot the fuck up? Like, did we see a corpse? Well, he was in a car that exploded, and they had a funeral for him in that movie. And then... So he probably next, faked his death and he's got... He's been doing some weird CIA shit or yeah, something. And, you know, he's like fucking James Bond. But then we he was in the next... Fast and the Furious movies because those took place before uh, Tokyo Drift and then eventually like the first Jason Statham Fast and Furious movie was after Tokyo Drift so he was dead at that point they they killed him kind of in the start of that movie supposedly but apparently he ain't dead because he just showed back up <laughs> going hey guys what's up yeah I'm not dead hey I, I, I... It's Hollywood, man. Nobody really dies until they actually die. Hell yeah, I said, uh, you know, Brian O'Connor is definitely not returning for this movie, so, like, we need, we need somebody to replace Brian. Hey, Han's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Han I, was I, frozen. <laughs> He's taken by Boba Fett. Oh, wait, that's a different movie. Um, 
but I, I don't know. Th- this one, like, we didn't see, like, later in the franchises we joked about, it's not Fast and the Furious until you see a car jump out of a, a building. Here, it looks like it's not going to be Fast and the Furious until you make, like, Tarzan and, you know. <laughs> now we're swinging cars like fucking George of the Jungle and I mean, shit. I, you do that in real life, what's going to happen? Car's going to go to where the rope extends. And it's going to rip something off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I or we've gotten the reverse. We've seen cars jump out of planes. This time we saw a car jump into a plane. Oh. <laughs> a modern twist on a familiar tactic. Yeah. I don't know. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I think probably as far as, hey, I just want to go and enjoy a Mac action movie. Um, yeah, probably going to be pretty all right. Um, looks like it's a uh, debut to come out sometime in May 2020. Looks like possibly the 22nd. We'll we have see. the start of the big summer blockbuster season. Yeah. Um, it's funny how that always starts in winter when it's oh. not summer. <laughs> um, up next is something that got put on my radar. Um, Mortal Kombat Legends, um, Scorpion's Revenge. Basically, this is going to be straight to digital, straight to Blu-ray, um, film but basically it is a animated r-rated animated um series and you know i I watched the trailer for this thing and i was like oh shit it's like watching mortal kombat one only like animated like it doesn't even feel like the games because the games always use that like realistic realistic photo you know type thing but no it's like oh shit this looks hand-drawn and everything else like it should be interesting might be pretty cool um if you're fans of Shaosung, Raiden, Goro, um, Sub-Zero, um, definitely... Well, we get a nut punch and a toasty, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> toasty! Um, it's not Mortal Kombat until somebody gets punched in the nuts. Absolutely. <laughs> and set on fire. <laughs> um, it looks like Apple and Netflix might be trying to um, take over MGM Studios. Isn't MGM part of Disney? Uh-huh. I know because they had that Disney MGM Studios like, you know, fucking park for a while. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not sure because I know like they've got James Bond, um, Handmaidens Tale. Um, it also owns Epics, which does Pennyworth. Um, dude, if Netflix can get all the James Bond movies, that would be badass. I mean, now that Disney's yanked all their content out, it's like they need something to replace all the Disney. Marvel products they lost. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of intellectual property on the line. Um, you know, looks like they're valued at like ten billion currently. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering. Like, I haven't checked out anything. I don't have. And I'm surprised Apple it, hasn't tried to take over Netflix. Well, their new streaming service is kind of like I've I've not heard of anybody actually buying that thing. It's <laughs> they they've kind of starting a little bit too late i think so they're yeah well i mean more sense to purchase netflix than yeah i mean at the same time like i'm thinking you know netflix's biggest challenge is just going to be able to have more content to stay relevant with its competitors um because you know the streaming service market is already pretty crowded so speaking of which uh freaking clone wars uh, season seven i think is about to come out on uh disney plus that's going to be probably the next... I've not watched Disney Plus since I finished uh, The Mandalorian, so that'll get me back into <laughs> using my, my Plus I bought. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you look at, you know, like, I, I knew Apple's bought, you know, Beats, um, you know, and I think they purchased it for, like, $3 billion. Um, 
I don't think Netflix has done any large acquisitions to that level. Yeah, they've just level. kind of been going yeah. hard in the original content production. Um, so I, I'm not really, you know, sure what the future holds. But um, yeah, looks like uh, there might be some talks to, you know, possibly make some changes. Um, violently it changes. <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, but, like I was watching the uh, freaking uh, whatever. 20 second songs guys cover of uh, disturbed today <laughs> yeah disturbed is great <laughs> hey do you remember a film um i don't remember maybe what was it late 90s early 90s i, I don't think know. i was still uh, in high school when this came out you know um a little film called anaconda uh about a giant snake um, starring ice cube and j-lo <laughs> yeah which i can remember somehow like my grandma had that movie on B- VHS. And I think maybe somebody just gave her a bunch of VHSs because I'm like, my grandma's never watched a horror movie. Like, yeah, that movie's so if old. If it's not I like Gone with the Wind at or... At the old original like theater and coming before it closed. Like, I mean, that thing is, yeah. like, came out a long-ass time ago. But yeah, it looks like Sony is resurrecting um, Anaconda. Um, yeah, 97. So this came out the year I graduated high school. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of wondering. I I, I guess I mean, technologies this is, came a long way. Maybe it'll look less well, fake now. Well, I mean, so it's supposed or is currently described as a reimagining of the first film, and will reportedly mimic the style of um, Jason Statham's um, movie The Meg. Which, Which I finally saw that. It came on at the cigar shop one night, and I was like, damn, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> like, kind of made fun of it when it came out, never saw it in theaters, and I, like, I finally watched it on video, and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually fairly interesting. Yeah, it looks like Evan Daughtry is set to write the film. I guess he did Snow White, Huntsman, and did um, scripts for Divergent and 2014's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, hmm. So... I, I don't know. I mean, to see it with modern technology and, and yeah, everything the first else. The was like I mean, a mix of, I kind of used practical effects for the close-up stuff and then CGI for the big movement stuff. But you going back and watching now, you can definitely tell where it's like, that's a puppet, that's and CGI. See, I don't think. Where now they might be able to like make that blend a little bit more less obvious. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember... I mean, I, I was a relatively, you know, fuck, relatively young when I saw it. I guess. I mean, yeah, at the time it looked cool, but now I you're mean, like, oh, yeah, I can I, see the CGI. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess before this releases, like, I would need to go back and watch it again just to see how it holds up. Um, moving right along, uh, as a big fan of music, um, something came across my radar that uh, the Karate Kid. Maybe getting a Broadway <laughs> musical. Wow. I mean, that YouTube series, and I've only watched like half of season one because I don't want to pay for YouTube uh, premium, but it was pretty good. And hell, even the uh, whatever, uh, there's a new t- like QuickBooks commercial with uh, the original like sensei from uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai in there that's like pretty freaking hilarious. I mean, it's like Karate Kid's suddenly gotten repopular again. But yeah, it's weird—a a freaking musical version of the Karate Kid. Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be I mean, gotta be one of the big numbers. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, because if you, I mean, at its core, you know, basically, you know, Karate Kid, you know, I mean, it, it did a lot between, you know, actually teaching martial arts as not just a way to fight, you yeah. know, as, you know, more of a way to, you know, kind of atone or to avoid opposition, um, you know, and a lot of, you know, yin and yang, the balancing between, you know, good and evil. And, you know, I mean, we, we all learn the, the art of Wu Sa. Um, you know, I, I still use that on a daily basis when I, I start to feel a little stressed. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it could work. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we don't have a actual you know date for when um you know the musical will actually be announced or anything as of yet but i i might be willing to give it a try i mean they've done like whatever i mean because i've seen spider-man like like, hell i think there was like a freaking evil dead musical at one point it's Kind well, of I mean, a new I, thing. I mean, I mean, it might be worth worth actually seeing. I mean, just I will say out of that morbid curiosity. I'm probably not the biggest fan of you know classical or orchestra music or anything, but you know I've seen like the Atlanta Symphony or- Orchestra, and you know basically they would Hell, have Rock of Ages was a good show. You know, too. N- Nightmare Before Christmas playing in the background, and you know you have the whole ensemble doing all of the scores and everything else, and you know it really put into perspective how much you know music and everything is actually there that you don't even realize when you're watching the film. Um, you know, so seeing, seeing a musical version of, you know, karate kid, you know, might be fun. Interesting. Might be out of my price budget too. I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have to wait till that goes to like a cruise ship or something (laughs) off, off Broadway. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like, um, the video game silent Hill, um, maybe getting a movie adaptation. Um, I watched the first movie of Silent Hill. That was creepy as shit. Yeah, I mean, the games were creepy. They were enjoyable. Um, So I'm kind of uh, curious to see where this goes. Um, Basically, you know, Silent Hill, small American town ruled by Puritanism, and um, also um, another film, Fatal Frame, that'll be set in Japan. Um... So, I mean, two horror projects, um, you know, uh, I do like a good Project Zero is the game that, um, Fatal Frame will be based around, um, and, you know, I, I think it could kind of work, um, Fatal Frame, wasn't that that weird movie we saw at Dragon Con? (laughs) No, that's Fatal Future. Oh, okay. (laughs) What do you mean weird? That is a great movie. I encourage everyone to go on Amazon Prime and look up Fatal Future. Yeah, especially if that. you're a, a, a fire a, aspiring, you know, Hacker. producer or <laughs> you know somebody that wants to get into videos. Um, you know, I think it'd be a great gateway as to you know some techniques and some things you can do to you know ensure future success. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. Any other news, tidbits, information um, you want to share? Well, I didn't see in your notes. We uh we got a new. Sony Marvel trailer this week. Uh, Morbius, the living vampire. 
Oh yeah, I thought we talked about Morbius last week. Or Didn't whenever. We? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about Morbius. Well, never mind. Come... Yeah, that, the trailer for that. We may have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about the, the trailer. I don't know. Let's talk about it then, dude. I mean, this is kind of the next entry in the Sony kind of dark Marvel universe with Venom and and uh, the... But from the trailer, there's like... There's hints to like... You see like a... The bad guy from from the first of the new Spider-Man movies, you also see uh, uh, gr- Spider-Man graffiti that says murder, because we know freaking Far From Home ended with him getting framed for the murder of uh, of uh, uh, Mysterio. So yeah, it's it looks like they're t- trying to make, you know, bad guys heroes in this Sony <laughs> Marvel universe. Well, I mean, that was a- my, I think that was the thing I brought yeah, up. I couldn't cause... tell if he was a bad guy or a good guy and uh, from the trailer, but yeah. And, and he may just be like a venom where he's just kind of a, you know, anti-hero, not really good, not really evil. Um, Cause in know... the comics, he's kind of done a little bit of both. He's sometimes a bad guy. Sometimes he's helpful. Yeah. So yeah, with the, uh, you know, Jared Leto not being the weird ass Joker, he's now, Trying to be a vampire. <laughs> I did see where we, um, you know, we talked about the um, Birds of Prey trailer. And yeah. it's like, oh shit, Harley's got her hyenas. I saw a thing where they were actually like, Margaret Robbie's like, hell, if y'all want to bring in a live hyena, I'm game with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Damn. I guess that was something they actually, you know, had thought about uh, doing was like, but I- I'm not sure. Can you really control a hyena yeah i don't know if there's any trained hyenas out there that's not something i've seen (laughs) (laughs) oh so with that check us out on itunes stitcher or google play wherever you find your podcast we're on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're also part of the eso network at esonetwork.com you can pick up uh energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com we're all use your promo code cigar nerds we're also on facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram at Cigar Nerd Pod. You can pick up your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. And uh, with that, we ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.